Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world, we round the net. So get ready and get set. Cause we make it look easy, no sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to episode 78 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Yay! And your inner geek will not be streaming for much longer, apparently. <laughs> Live streaming, anyway. <laughs> First thing up on my topics for our general discussion, we got an email from Mixler saying that on May 17th, they're getting rid of the free version of Mixler which is what we use, and we said way back when that we, if we would get 10 people consecutively, we would upgrade to the pay version, and I think we've had that once. That was when everybody tuned in to see if we were leaving or not. <laughs> if we, if it was like mass suicide on online or what. Alice Geeks has an announcement. <laughs> uh, no, they're still here. Uh, Forget yeah, it. Uh, we're, we were hoping it was a fist fight or something. <laughs> uh, so Screw you, king! <laughs> So May 17th is the end of the free version of Mixler, apparently. So we actually record on the 16th. I looked it up. So we'll live stream until May 16th, I guess. Which brings me to the second one, which Patreon. Of course, we have the Patreon account. I've been trying to make a few adjustments to that. I did some today. I'm going to retool that, but... I think it said we're currently at around 84 bucks or something like that. We'll see because I know a couple new people join and it really, it'll readjust, it readjusts based on what we actually get. <laughs> so we'll see how, how that goes. But one of the first things I did was, one of the changes I did was right now we're fully funded, which is great. Thank you guys. We got like two new Patreon supporters recently that put us over the top. So I adjusted the $100 level already to add back in Mixler if we get to that because it's something like 10 bucks a month or something like that. So that still gives us a little room. So I added that in there. So if we can get to $100 a month on Patreon, then we can bring Mixler back. But until then, because unfortunately, you know, we've got, you know, four or five people that kind of come in and out on Mixler right now, but we don't have like a steady stream of people. And we never reach that 10 mark. We just don't think we can pay for Mixler right now. It's not an expense we want to add into the podcast at this time. So those are those. That's pretty much all of my general, all that wonderful news right up front. <laughs> Let's set the tone. Hey, it's kind of balanced. <laughs> Losing the live stream. Funded. Hey-ish. hey <laughs> All right, so I don't have anything unless you do. No, I'm good. All right, so are you ready to go into game review? Let's rock it. All right. 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Game Review, sponsored by Gregory. Thank you for sponsoring us, Gregory, over on Patreon, so that we can talk about games and uh, give you our opinion of games that either people send to us or that we pick up off of one of our shelves (laughs) and play. We got a few of those coming up here soon, too. Next week, Monopoly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I should have let you finish that sentence. (laughs) Well, next week, (laughs) two weeks, we will... Have we decided what we're doing yet? Are we still doing Clank or are we doing Yeah, I Buffy? think we're doing I thought we were thought we were doing Clank be- first and then Buffy. I'm just so excited and so I yeah. No, really that's genuine people. I, I know there's a it's a thin line between genuine and sarcasm, but I was actually very excited to and play I, two games. Yeah. And actually I wondered if do we want to do Clank and then come back for the expansion and do that separately or Yeah, I think so. Okay, so uh, we'll we'll cover both. <laughs> Leave them wanting more. <laughs> All right. But this time, this time. What are we doing, just in case Chris comes back? What are we talking about today, Josh? Uh, we're talking about Draconis Invasion. So Draconis Invasion, you had asked me, and I looked it up. It was a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So it was a successful Kickstarter. We got the final version. They contacted us well after the Kickstarter was over, asked if we wanted to take a look at it. I said, sure, why not? <laughs> They also sent us an extra copy, so we may be giving an extra copy away here. I was actually thinking if some people could show up, we would give it away during the podcast here for the live stream people. You get a game, Mike! So, yeah, Mike, as of right now, you're in the top running to get a copy of Draconis Invasion. So, Draconis Invasion is a fantasy-themed deck-building game. Basically, you kind of take on the roles of the defenders of the realm or the castle. Basically, you're defend, you're the defenders. There's this mass invasion kind of coming and you're taking on all different kinds of monsters. And you basically try to outlast or, or kill as many invaders as you can to get all the glory. And then that basically that's kind of, I think it, I think they call it even glory points. So at the end of the game, whoever has the most glory points wins. So you get some, you get points from the invaders themselves, and you also get these campaign cards that you can kind of take a look at from time to time. You can pick up more. You get two when you start the game, but those will have some kind of condition on them. Like if you've killed one wyvern, you'll get more bonus point. You'll get more glory points. If you kill two, you know what? There's they're 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 a mix and match, so they're different things that are going to be on them. But you'll get additional points for those. You do not lose points if you don't complete them. Just get points for the ones you complete. And like I said, you can pick up more of those as you go along if you want to. But it's kind of at the cost of part of your turn, really, which mm-hmm. we'll get into here in a second. So again, this is a deck builder. Everybody starts with the same seven or same twelve cards. This is a six-card hand versus a five-card hand, which I had to keep reminding myself because there's so many five-card deck builders. Six. Six. <laughs> yeah. So you've got, you know, you're, and it's your standard stuff. You get five Imperial Guards is what they were called. So yep. you get five kind of low-level defenders, and then you get seven money. So that's your starting. There are some things that you could, there's some low-level stuff that you can take out with just your invaders if you get, or your defenders if you get the, the right hands in your card. So they're not completely useless, but, oh, 
again, it's, it's a, your deck builder, so you're going to add cards to your deck. You're going to add action cards, and you're going to add more defenders, basically. There's two rows. Where was I? You can buy cards okay, to yeah, supplement you cards. your deck. <laughs> you can buy cards to supplement your deck, so you're going to... You can buy more treasure because there's three different types of treasure for different value levels. It's like 10, 30, and 60. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Yeah. Or no, 10, 20, That's the and cost. 30. That's the cost. Yeah. The, the cost is 0, 30, and zero thirty and, and 60, 60 for 10, 20, 50. 10, 10, 20, 50. 10, 20, yeah. I never bought. I never got that high. Yeah, I never got that high either. So you can buy more treasure cards. You can buy action cards, and you can buy defenders. And there's a, a row of seven defenders. There's a row of seven action cards. And then there's the three different types of treasures that you get. And then you get this uh, thing called terror. There are terror cards that are going to uh, kind of start filling up your deck. Well, you get those from the game itself. It's not something that you want to pick up. <laughs> and like any, I mean, you, you try to buy the cards that help you defeat the defenders. There's a, a blue deck of, of our invaders. There's a blue deck of invaders and a gold deck of invaders. The gold deck is a little bit harder, but worth more points, all that good stuff. And and so you try to use the defenders that you buy to take care of the invaders. Now, on your turn, you only get to do a certain amount of things. They call it the uh, A, B, C, D, E, F. There's a little pause in there for a reason between those. So what you do on your turn is you and for the A, you may... Take an action. So if you have an action card, you can play it. You'll only play one unless you have an action card that allows you more actions. So again, kind of some of the stuff is kind of your, again, your typical deck builders. You get one of each thing unless a card allows you to do more. So you may take an action and then you may take one of the following from B, C, D, and E. So you do one of these on your turn. You can buy a card. Campaign, which is where you you basically draw two cards from the campaign deck, which is the cards I was talking about that might give you extra points for defeating certain invaders. So you can take two more of those to add to your pile. The D is for defeat, which is basically to take out an an invader. So defeat an invader and and add it to your score pile. So in this game, instead of it going into your deck like some other deck builders do, it actually goes off to the side and is part of your score pile. So that isn't clogging up your deck. (laughs) E is eliminate, which is, (laughs) which is to basically call something out of your deck, a non-terror card. Yes. Uh, You can, you can basically out of your hand, not your deck out of your hand. Yes. You basically can trash one card out of your hand. That's not a terror card to kind of call your deck a bit and make it a little bit smaller. So you can do one of those things. So you can take your action, do one of those things, and then the F is, they call it follow, which is you can take an unplayed treasure card that you didn't use and put it back on top of your deck. So or I should say money card because treasure, treasure is, is one of the cards. Yeah. You can take one of the money cards and put it back on top of your deck so you know you'll have that next turn. Now, when you discard terror cards, so and, and like most games, I mean, like most deck builders too, end of your turn, whatever you, you've used and haven't used from your hand goes to your discard pile, and you draw a new hand of six. Whenever you discard a terror card, the terror die ticks up. So it's a countdown. It's a, it's a D6, so it, it ticks up, and then whenever it hits or passes six, 
you basically draw an event, and the and the event goes to the next player who's going to take their turn. So it goes face down to them. Then at the top of their turn, they turn it over, and and re- d- resolve it basically. And usually, it, there's it's not a good thing for the players. It's just a matter of who it's going to affect. There were things like you add more terror to people's decks, you redo reshuffle the, the reshuffle the invaders, stuff like that. So there's a few different things that can happen, and and that's also part of the countdown to end game because you have six events on the deck, on the event deck, and then as soon as you go through all six, there's a retreat card at the bottom. So when the retreat card is basically exposed, that triggers the last playthrough. That that player finishes their turn, and then you go on to scoring. The other way to end it is by defeating a number of invaders, which is dependent on the number of players. So, for instance, for a two-player game, we had to defeat nine <laughs> invaders to trigger it that way versus going through the six events. All right. Anything you think I missed? Anything else we should cover? And how to- No, I think stuff will probably come up when we talk mechanics, yeah. but I think as a rundown, that's good. Okay. So we'll move on to talk a little bit about the components for uh, Draconis Invasion. Again, this is a deck builder, so surprise, surprise, lots of cards. Pretty much all cards except for the the Terror die. Um, so yes. there's a D6 in there, and then everything else is, is card-driven. All of them are standard cards except for the Invaders, which are square cards. So they kind of set them uh, apart a bit, which is cool in one aspect because... You know, it's your scoring pile. It's off to the side. Um, easy to find in the box. Yeah, it's easy to find in the box, that kind of thing. They probably could have done that with the campaign cards, though, too, don't you think? Possibly. I mean, everything fits nicely in the tableau, Oh, yeah, the campaign but, cards are smaller, though, so yeah. also easy oh, to are find. Are they smaller than – are they more like bridge-sized cards? Yeah, they're – Oh, I didn't – I guess well, I guess because we weren't really shuffling through yes. them or anything. Yeah, okay. So they're a little bit smaller than normal cards, too. So they got the square cards and the probably like bridge style narrow cards to kind of show things that don't go into your deck that you're collecting. Other than that, everything else is kind of poker size cards. Quality on the cards, I think is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. I think the first night we played, I found one that was chipping a little bit, but I think that was a fluke more than anything because I was kind of looking for it after that to see if, if more started chipping. So I think that was just that one kind of card. And otherwise, I mean, they felt pretty solid in the hand. They they fanned out nicely. They played well. What did you think of the components for this one? It's good. The, uh, the cardboard is good stock. I was actively, well, not maliciously, but actively jamming the cards <laughs> together. I shuffled just because after Harry Potter, I want to, yeah. I want to see <laughs> now, now we have a, now <laughs> another criteria, just test for cards now. They didn't bend when I shuffled. <laughs> uh, and it's a moderately custom D6 because yeah. the six on it is the game symbol. So, I mean, that's cool. For a card game, and it is really just a card game, it, it's, it's got good, solid cardboard. And that's, that's really what you want in a card game, something that's going to hold up to hopefully repeated uses. Yeah. So my, my one grape from Components, as you know, they have square cards, uh, like we talked about. The And this is a deck builder, and they built an insert to hold the cards. They did not 
build it to hold. They didn't build any one row even to hold the square cards. So everything fits in there. I mean, there's a ton of room left over. I mean, they can expand forever if they want to from, <laughs> from the look of it. But there's no place to actually put the square cards and sit nice like the rest of the cards. You know what? I'm going to turn that around on you. And I'm going to say that's not a component problem. That's a box design problem. Well, the box is part of the component. Oh, okay. If you want to get technical. I mean, so. you know, it's... I put the box in the component <laughs> side of things, and and again, it's you know, I'm opening my box and I'm putting everything away, and then suddenly I got to figure out a different way and put the cards in sideways and and all these diagonals, yeah, and, and possibly bend them a bit because there's a, you know trying to make them so that they're kind of snug in there so they don't go anywhere. So yeah, it's it, it's it, it was it bugged me as soon as I opened the box. Components is usually when we talk about art as well. Now, this is where you and I are a bit split. So, I'm going to say the art is not bad. It's definitely better than any kind of stick figures I could throw on three or 400 cards. <laughs> but uh, the palette, the composition does not appeal to me. It's a lot of dark colors. The game's called Terror. Uh, the, 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 pri- <laughs> the primary mechanic is called Terror. And it's an invading horde of evil. So, the dark color palette fits okay i'll give them that but just for my personal taste it, it, it's way too dark not enough color not enough uh variety and in some cases the dark palettes with dark monsters led to cards that just didn't look really all that great yeah we in some of our later plays we did see some decent like some actual color added to a few mm-hmm. of the cards and stuff so i think that's where you kind of at least went to okay yes <laughs> versus completely not liking it me me on the other hand i didn't i didn't mind it as much and there are i mean there are some pretty muted i mean you have to get up on some of the cards with the dark palette to see what it's trying to do or what it's supposed to be but but you know like when you and i were talking before there's nothing on there that makes you go well why did you pick that as yep. this you know it's there's nothing that's like have you ever seen a wear bear you know, <laughs> Which no, no, they haven't. <laughs> Not in real life. <laughs> but you know, it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like a, a rabbit. <laughs> Is that a um, were bear or a were turkey? Yeah. I I just don't know. Yeah. So um I, I didn't mind I didn't mind the art. I liked it a little bit more than you did, but I do agree with you with all the dark tones that some of the cards were hard to see, especially since it's a I mean, it takes up a pretty decent amount of table space once you get it all laid out. And from looking from one side to the other, sitting on the side, it's like I don't know what the eighth card, the seventh card is down there, mm-hmm. and I can't tell by looking at it because it's a big dark blob. <laughs> so uh, I, I can understand where you're coming from on that. We will move on to the mechanics for Draconis Invasion. What do you think of the mechanics? Sir? Well, here's where, for me, the wheels start to come off the bus. In theory, it is a mechanically sound game. You have a limited number of things you can do. But let me go. Uh-huh. Let me go. I'm, I'm, let you. I'm, I'm holding back. You have a limited number of things you can do. Everything that you're going to do that is special is on a card, 
and for the most part explained well on the card. The iconography for plus one action, plus one draw, plus gold, very self-explanatory. Uh, there's a little text box on the bottom of each card if it needs text for its action. Some cards have special actions. And it's it's all self, I should say, it's all very easy to understand. Call one non-terror card, or trash one non-terror card, or all other opponents get a terror card, something like that. So the actions are done okay. The flow of the game, as designed, is okay. Scoring is very easy at the end. Very easy. (laughs) But the wheels were creaking a little bit, as you may have heard. And now they fall right off because the core mechanic of the game is generating terror. And unfortunately, in all the variations of this game that we played, once actually right, (laughs) the terror mechanic bloats your deck way too much. And this is a deck builder. And I understand he wanted to make something a little bit more challenging than your standard deck builder. And he wanted something that was going to give you some kind of critical decision-making points every time you're doing something in your hand. But the problem is you generate too much terror too quickly, such that after third round, maybe, your hand is always diluted by at least one terror card. This stops being a deck builder, and it becomes a terror management game. And not in a good way. You know, you're not working at a hospital here. Um <laughs> It's uh, so it starts off seeming mechanically sound, but after you get into it for a little bit and play one full game, it's it's not mechanically sound, I don't think. And his core mechanic of generating terror at almost every turn, there's no good events. There's no all the bad events. Almost all the bad events generate terror. You start off the game with a die roll that, even before you've done anything, might put a terror right in your discard. Uh, his terror-generating mechanic, I understand the intent, very poorly executed. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I won't go as far. But okay, you kind of you went through it and, and, and kind of went through the point where it's not mechanically sound. I will say there are some interesting ideas for mechanics in here. You know, like I said, we were talking about it. The combination terror level die and proccing events as a countdown. I don't think I've seen that combination anywhere before. That was interesting. Mm -hmm. Having two different ways to end the game, either through the events or through monster accumulation. That's good. There's multiple ways to end it. That's always good rather than just having to grind through one thing all the time. So individually except for the terror which unfortunately is the core there are some interesting and well implemented mechanics yeah yeah this this is a game that i would have loved to have seen at a few proto spiels and get some some feedback outside of their normal wherever they might normally test i'm not saying that they didn't test with other people i'm not saying that they didn't go through tests i just think in a 
protospiel type environment with other game designers and stuff getting that kind of feedback this game could have got polished a lot more because there are some really good ideas going on here but there are some things that fall very short and and really make it so it's hard to enjoy the things that that are coming off as kind of sound at first blush it irritated me the fact that you have to buy a monster and then pay to use oh you have to buy a defender and then pay to use it when it comes up or you can't mm-hmm. but then as we kind of worked out the kinks of how terror really worked it seemed a lot more doable until having finally worked out how terror works we played through all the way and then because of terror bloat you still couldn't proc the right. monsters properly there's some good core ideas here but it's overrun by the terror mechanic yeah, I I really I'm I I'm at a point where I just I can't stand the fact that I paid for a card and and it's they're all mercenaries, right? Yes. You you bought you bought their attention. So you put them in your deck, mm-hmm. but then you have to pay again anytime you want to use them. And part of that and and the the cost isn't doesn't go down or any. I mean, it's It's, it's generally the same cost that you paid or, or more. Yeah. And in order to get that money, you, you know that. So every time a terror card pops into your hand, that's one less of something, which mm-hmm. includes money. So the the entire game, I always felt like I was one thing short of anything, being able to do anything. I th- no matter what I tried, there. I mean, there there's the the card, the casualty of war, that's mm-hmm. always in the action pile, and that one actually gives you the you know non-terror call in an action along with you know you you can either buy that or you can do nothing in that that phase and use use the you know eliminate Mm -hmm. thing but the nice thing about the casualty of war is if you have more action cards you can actually use it do that call and get another action but even with those so trying to go on those trying to i mean both of us uh, especially that last game we eliminated a lot of our starting cards early on and tried to upgrade to them, tried to get the, the higher money, uh, some better defenders and stuff. And one, I never, everything I took was with my standard, def- uh, the Imperial guards, mm-hmm. because I could never pay for any of the guards or the defenders I, pay- I, I paid for. As an example, <laughs> the, the, the weakest monster is a skeletal archer and that has 10 hit points. Then there's the succubus, which is 15, and I think at the point it jumps to 25. I don't think that I saw anything 20. 25 seems doable. I got it once, but that's because I had all five of my Imperial Guard in my hand. Um, Which, again, the Imperial Guard is one of the few that you actually don't have to pay for to use. Right. But after that, 30 and up, and there, there were monsters down there that are 80, maybe even 100, I wasn't looking at them because I knew that unless I got the card and the gold to pay for it, I was never going to attack more than probably 15 because I was probably going to have some combination of two money, two cheap guards, and a terror. Yeah, at least a terror. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and, and and then there's the, the, the campaign piece, the campaign cards. I never cared about the campaign cards because I, I was never going to get there. Yeah, no. Because I could never defeat anything other than the little things. That, so unless unless you see like a succubus or, or something up top to go for, 
I mean, it was just like, I can't get my deck working to a point where I actually feel like I am defending this massive invasion. I'm defending the succubus every once yes. in a while. Yeah. <laughs> every once in a while. Either she is, she's walking by again. Punch. <laughs> Oh, crap, the dragon. Run away! Um, and I'm spending way too much time flipping the terror die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I have so much terror in my hand. And, and of course, and one of, that's, that's one of the things we talked about, too. And, and, again, one of those things where I wish I'd see this kind of game at a protospiel. Because I, I like the idea of it. I like some of the mechanics. But one of the other things that, that you and I had talked about is he kind of went, this is I, I have a terror deck. Everything needs to do terror. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a whole lot of a lot of other abilities, not lo- other things that could happen to you. You know, it, whenever you defeat an invader, you flip another one over to to replace it. And all of them that I saw had a when revealed effect. Yep. I'm assuming most of them do. But almost always it's put terror somewhere. You know, give give somebody terror, put it on top of their deck, put it in their discard, put give it to everybody. Did we actually uh, talk about the correlation between the terror and the dice? I don't know if we I don't think that. we totally did, but we we've kind of in passing, but, but as you ahead. discard terror, so let's say I got my hand and it is two piece, two two useful cards and four four terror. At the end of the turn you discard your terror and then the terror die ticks up that many spaces, uh, that many sides. So if it's at one and I discard four terror, it goes to five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And every time it hits six or more is when the event. Yeah. I, yeah. I know we mentioned that, that but I wasn't sure if we talked about how it got to six. Right. So, yeah. And, and so, I mean, it's a cool idea for a mechanic. But the other thing is there is zero ways to call any terror from your deck. So once the terror kind of starts kicking off, it's a huge snowball effect. It's it's to the point where there. I mean, there's you're not, you're not. I think you mentioned it earlier. It's no longer a deck builder. It's more of terror management and and how many times am I going to flip the die? And and you kind of get to a point where all right, well this I I I would be interested in how many people actually end this game by defeating the invaders. Maybe at full players, if they're all succubuses and, and archers that come out every time, but I I don't see how you'd go that go that far. Yeah. So it, it, you know, one of the things like you said early on is you like the fact that there's two ways to end the game, but is there? <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, mechanically, there's good ideas. Implementation. <laughs> okay. So um, I think we can probably move on. We can move I, on. I can't think of. Any, oh, oh! You did. You did uh, think of something. This is either component or mechanic. Right? Oh yeah. So there are reference cards, and apparently the reference cards, especially since the guy had to get a hold of me afterwards. Well, first of all, we did get the final version. Save that for rules. Is that going in rules? Th- so should this go in rules? Yeah, I think so. Okay, all never right. mind. You don't. You don't. You guys can wait because that's next. <laughs> <laughs> so rules for Draconis Invasion. The rule book is pretty small, pretty compact. It's a little skinny booklet. Not There's some fluff in the back. It's uh, 25, 26 pages, uh, but it's a really small booklet. Kind of, It's made to kind of fit in the side of like the, the card holder, you know, for the, so it holds the poker cards in, in one of the divides. And so it's just kind of meant to kind of sit in there and sit along. So it's a smaller book. And even with that, like the back 
Part of it is fluff, and then it kind of goes through. They give you uh, battle stages is what they call it. So it's kind of some pre-setup decks if you want to play through. We played through battle stage one a few times, and then we decided to go ahead and go crazy and do the random setup. And then it just shows all the artwork and the explanation of all the invader cards and action cards and stuff. So, I mean, there's there's so there's a lot of room with pictures and all that kind of stuff. So really when you get down to actual rules, it's maybe three, four pages kind of thing. And in general, I mean, it works fairly decent. You get the gist of the game. And and once you start kind of get into this game, it's not going to take you. I mean, you're not really going to go to the rule book very much. Now I'll talk about the reference cards. Cause you're going to go to his fact or his learning <laughs> video. Yeah. There's that too. So, this was the finalized version of the game, and you heard me talk about the A, B, C, D, E, and F system for the turn uh, order. Unfortunately, that came after this was made. This was something I got in an email from them. Now, there are uh, uh, an updated PDF of the rule books. There's an updated PDF of the reference card if you want to print that kind of stuff out if you have this. But originally, there was no E and F so that got added later, um, again, after it was finalized. Again, one more thing. It would have maybe gone through some protospiels. Could have taken uh, on. And then the back side of the turnover reference card is, it says starting threat level. So I guess you could, you know, take that for its word, starting threat level. But you put it on the back of a reference card, something that's used all the time. And apparently we weren't the only ones because... The clarification had to be made, but on the starting threat level is each face of the of the terror die and what happens if that is rolled because you, you roll the beginning threat level or it's a terror die level right away. And then wherever it lands, that's what happens. And that's, I think, what Jordan was talking about earlier is that you're pretty much going to start with a terror. Somebody is starting with a terror in their discard right away. It may be both players. You may get some extra money out of it, that kind of stuff, but somebody's getting a, a tear. And then that's the only time you're supposed to use this. And that's where I have an issue. Why did you give space on the reference card that is always being referenced <laughs> for something that you only use during setup? This could have been, I thought about, you know what this could have been? The back page. Well, that, no. A quarter no. of the back page. This could have been the icons. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. The, okay. the actual back of the reference card could have yep. been the icons instead of that's in the rule book mm-hmm. uh, that you got to look up. But the thing you only do once in setup is on the back of the reference card and taking up the entire back of the reference card. That bothers me. <laughs> and apparent. And again, uh, we did it, and other people have done it. I've seen questions about it. He actually addressed it when he emailed me. So we weren't the only ones that we're doing that. And again, I say, I understand it because you put it on a reference card that everybody's staring at the entire game. Yep. <laughs> so that was part of the rules. So, but uh, otherwise, again, looking through the rules, it was pretty good. And once you kind of get the, the flow of the game goes so easy that you really don't go back to the rule book very much. What do you got to add? For the most part, I'll agree with that. But for our first play and, and trying to learn the game, having to reference that rule book, your email with his updates, still having things that were unclear or, or seemingly contradictory, 
going to his fac, and then you eventually just found his learn to play video. Which is actually still built off of this version. Yeah. <laughs> it's... I would like to see what the updated PDF is. <laughs> I yeah, will I say, I, I will say, this book gives you the general gist, but there are things that needed to be clarified, and I'm glad he's put out a PDF. Yeah, I think. I mean, we without knowing what you're, and I suppose it, it's a frequently asked question, so you should maybe when you're there, you kind of already know what what you're you're looking for, but. Like we had the two questions that were on the fact that seemed to contradict each other until we found out what the they was actually talking about, mm-hmm. and that would be like how to get rid of terror, that kind of stuff. You don't. Um, you, you don't, <laughs> except for the one, one event. But yeah. he didn't say this this event card. He said this. You know, later it was a different question. He said this card. Mm-hmm. Actually, he said two cards, and I still haven't seen that second one. And it wasn't an event. So that leaves me to there must what be the a, that other card is. a defender or something be, uh, that a defender and invader. lets you do a random um but anyway so yeah i mean he's trying he's put some stuff out he's tried to do some corrections along the way it it wasn't that bad and again you know once you start getting into the game once you get the flow there's not a lot of excuse me there's not a lot of referencing back to the rule book um, yeah all you're going to need is the centerfold for the icons and even after Half a game, not even that. They're they're pretty self-explanatory when you see them. Yeah, I mean, and once you've kind of figured out what one is, you kind of figure out what some of the other ones coming up are. All right, so teachability for Draconis Invasion. Again, once you know what you're doing, <laughs> and and you have that A B C D E F thing down, which doesn't take long at all. I mm-hmm. mean, it's. You, the flow of the game is easy enough, I think, and it's easy to teach. And most of what you need is on the cards. Yes. So you're just going to be reading the cards and doing what you're supposed to do. And once you know how to attack and once you know, you know, where the price is on things to buy, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a pretty standard deck builder. If one, if you're used to deck builders, two, with the updated reference card turn or over overview. There's not a lot of question on what you should or shouldn't do. And you get into that flow. And it's kind of at a point where it's like, it's, you know, there's, there's a point in the game where you, you know, you're going to be doing the buy action a lot. And there's a point in the mm-hmm. game where you might be doing the defeat, you know, that kind of thing. But so you, you're kind of going to certain thing, you know, you've got your, your four options in that middle section, but you're kind of hitting up one of them over and over again and then at some point switch a little bit or something. So I think it's pretty easy to teach. What did you think? Yeah. Even with all the problems we had kind of deciding whether we were playing the game right or not, even with the mistakes we were making or the misdirections we had, it it still was easy to pick up, even though we were picking up the wrong things. (laughs) And each time we clarified something, it was not a big earth shattering change. It was like, Oh, we should have been doing this the game continued to be easy to relearn and then relearn again because it's simple and it's easy to teach. Yeah. yeah and, and I, you know, I want to make sure we get that. I mean, we played this multiple times. We did play it wrong a few times, but we, we, we went back, like I went back and I did some more research cause I was like, there's, there's no way that we're playing. There's something's either, something's gotta be wrong here. And I did more research and stuff. And like I said, I went outside of the rule book 
found, you know, started reading his fact, went through, he found a tutorial, that kind of thing. We looked up some stuff on BGG at one point, that kind of thing. And we actually put some time between plays while we had some downtime while I was trying to figure out what was going on. Then we came back together and played it the right way. <laughs> so, you know, we did. Probably. We, probably. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Because we're not playing it again. Um, oh, well, that just crushes replayability. <laughs> well, no. I'm just saying, we put a lot of time into this game to try to make sure we were getting it right. <laughs> so, yeah, let's... Okay, replayability for Draconis Invasion. Uh, plus, I don't know if we need to go into how many times in a row, but uh, replayability. Okay, just on face value, replayability, and then, of course, you know, how you feel about replayability potential replayability is high like any other well flushed out deck builder whether it's you know the legendary series or the dominion series whether it's just the one box or if he has expansions and he gets up to 17 boxes like dominion (laughs) uh, the potential replayability is very high there's a lot of variety in the monsters there's a lot of variety in the defenders there's not a lot of variety in the events Mm -mm. But those don't proc enough to be really irritating. Uh, yeah, they are irritating, but they don't. It, it is irritating the lack of variety there because there's what twenty twenty. No, well, there it, it's a big stack of cards, but there's only act four actual independent events, right? Yeah, yeah, there's only four events. So even though you're only playing six in any game, twenty four event cards. Well, actually, that's a variable number two, right? Based on the number of players, if I recall that right, or the events. The event, no, the events. I think were always six. The events are always static at six. Number of uh, it's the the number of defeats. Oh no, 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 no. Events is variable. Yeah. Uh, Invaders is not. Invaders was always invaders three and three six. Yeah. That you need to defeat. No, I thought that was the sliding scale. I thought the winner had to defeat fewer. The more. No, no, it's events that is the sliding scale. Okay. Well, in any event. Even though that number is going to get lower, and le- uh, there's there's enough repetition in that stack that you're going to see the same events all the time. And at one point, we had reach over the monsters like three times three in a row. In a row. Yeah. So that could definitely use some more variety. But all the other aspects, a lot of variety there. In theory, a lot of replayability. Yeah. Personally, I never want to touch it again. Yeah, I, I I agree. There's uh, a lot of potential for replayability, and again, like you said, it's that kind of usually comes standard with a deck builder. Um, there are cards you're not going to see um, every game. There, you know, there are different ways to play. Um, there's going to be a different combination of the exact same events. <laughs> yes, that was a little bit of snark, but no, that means ooh, we only reshuffled one time. Yeah, um, I mean, but that that does. I mean, you're not. You're not going through a ton of events, and for there to be so f- few in variety, that that did get a little stale quick. Like you said, it's like, oh look, okay, we just we just did this. Let's do it again. Let's shuffle the invaders again. That kind of stuff. But maybe that suck up is will come out and kill something. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was that every once in a while. <laughs> um, but it has the replayability factor. And like you said, if you get ex- expansions in there, there's even the potential for more replayability. Hopefully, a whole new set of events, that kind of stuff to kind of mix and match that stuff in. But as it stands, there is replayability in the box, like most deck builders. 
I am with you. I don't really want to play it again unless some things are fixed. If he does something in an expansion or just outright changes his core mechanic. See, here's the thing. And he says it right on his website. No, you can't get rid of terror because the game will then be too easy. Well, if your method of making a challenging game is to bloat something that is supposed to be designed to let a player build efficient engines to the point that they can't, then you haven't made a challenging game. You've made an annoying game. I, I, if, if he gives us something where you could somehow mitigate, like you get the Yahtzee a handful of terror. You get rid of it, but only if you have all terror and that's doable. We saw that, you know, or you can call in the call round or, or the, the city of ruins or whatever it is. Take that so that you can call even a terror, not specifically a non-terror card, something to mitigate that terror to let you have an engine that is, is like 80% efficient instead of just 50, you know, that'd be okay. That might solve some problems for me, but as it stands, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. So yeah, not really willing to play it more times in a row. <laughs> again, unless they fix it. This is a game like again. There, there's things I like about it, and I want to like. This is one of those games, and I can't stand house rules. But this is a game I almost want to take aside and pretend I'm at a proto spiel and start house ruling it to mm-hmm. see if I can make a playable game out of it. But as it and it wouldn't right be now, that hard. Because it's 90% good, 10% bad, but that, but the 10% that 10% is the game. A shadow. <laughs> it overshadows everything else. Okay. Theme for Draconis Invasion. What did you think about the theme? Yeah, pretty standard fantasy stuff. The encroaching evil horde. You yourself are a figure that you don't actually see, so you're... Sometimes the themes seem confusing because it's you're recruiting monsters to fight the monsters. Uh, sort of. Were we rec- well, I mean, there was the golem. And well, you were recruiting the goal. Well, come on. Well, the the, the, the sorceress. Okay, the sorceress is kind of generic, but, yeah. you know. Well, I just, the only card I ever saw was like in my deck was the warlord that I could never <laughs> afford. So. Well, yeah, but the warlord <laughs> doesn't look like a pleasant person. <laughs> But it's got a, a strong, if generic, fantasy theme. Stacks of gold pieces on the money cards. Most of the fantasy monsters that you're kind of familiar with and a few other things that could be other things if you'd renamed them along the fantasy trope. The Ravager could be anything. But there's some unique stuff to this game. Uh, if he's going to do expansions, he's trying to build his own little lore. I didn't read the fluff in the book, so who knows. But... You strip that away, it really could be anything. So it is not quite pasted on, but it's it, it's there, but it's generic fantasy. Well, and I'll give you the chance, because you also talked about how the terror didn't really pull you in. Like, Well, yeah, yeah. It's, so. for, for a game whose core mechanic is terror... I never really felt scared. I just felt frustrated. The card should have said frustrated and had an exploding head instead of a burning skull. No, for for a game called the Draconis Invasion with a 
a key mechanic being terror didn't see many dragons and i never felt that there were meaningful decision points yeah, i think there's only like two dragons in the in the deck and of course we would have never been able to do anything with them anyway yeah we couldn't afford that dragon slayer <laughs> so i'm i'm gonna agree with you the theme the theme is there the the art doesn't really it's uh, one of the things we didn't mention is you know one of the things i do like is it's full body art uh, so it's full card art and stuff like that, which I always enjoy. But again, it's the dark tone. Some of it's kind of hard to see. So from the art style and art direction, all that stuff, I mean, the the theme is there. I completely agree as far as the terror mechanic goes. I was more frustrated than anything else. Nothing, you know, whenever you're going to reveal something, it's pretty much, oh, where's the terror going to go? It's not... Oh my God, this monster is going to do something to me. My points are in jeopardy. My guy is in jeopardy. Anything like that. All it was was, well, somebody's getting more bloat in their deck and just flip it over and find out who it is. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, it's everybody. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there's a lot of everybody. And that's, again, that just perpetuates the, the bloat for everybody. You know, it's no, nobody's it's equal opportunity bloat. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so the theme is, is, there but the fantasy theme is there the terror part didn't really come into play all right fun factor slash overall for draconis invasion i'm gonna say (laughs) as it stands it's not a fun game i can't recommend it it's it's an exercise in frustration management gotta buy that obsidian tower so i can dump three cards this turn so i can have a decent card this decent hand this turn shitty hand next turn and then we'll see what happens so it's, you're relying on a card that's not always going to be there yes to not even get to a mediocre to get to me to, to, to aspire to mediocrity <laughs> yeah if that card's not there the game is even worse fun factor i can't recommend this game if you want a fantasy themed dungeon crawl any any of the thunderstones and if you want all the same mechanics that he has here, only in a more pastoral setting, Dominion. That's I, I cannot recommend this game ahead of either of I cannot recommend this game, period, let alone ahead of either of those. <laughs> yeah, um I'm with you. I I just I did not have fun playing this game. I was frustrated most of the time. I was thinking of different ways that I could try to help fix this game. <laughs> And I, I didn't have a ton of fun with it. And the, the bloat just was, again, the entire game, I felt I was one away from being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Not, and I'm not talking about having, I'm not even talking about being one away from having that amazing wow factor. I was one away from doing anything in this game. One away from doing the minimum damage needed to kill something. Yeah, or to buy a card, yeah. or to whatever, or, you know, and it was just all, and it, and you look at your hand, it's like, well, maybe if those three terror weren't there. <laughs> so, now I will add this. We talked about it. We looked at the BGG rating, and it's seven something. It. Yep. So maybe you and I are just dumb, and after... <laughs> All the read-throughs and everything. <laughs> I, we've I still, think we've diverged here. <laughs> we've still gotten something wrong. You know, maybe that's the case. Maybe somebody's going to listen to this and go, dumbasses, you've been doing that wrong the whole time. That's not probable. I don't know what they've played 
and it's it's not a huge pool of ratings either. So that that's cool because it wasn't a huge Kickstarter. But I don't know what they're seeing that gets it up above seven. Yeah, I don't either. Now I I went through some of the reviews, mm-hmm. and the low ones seem to be of the same opinion that we have. Yeah, there are a couple low ones that are clearly playing it wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but my deck shouldn't be a hundred cards. <laughs> but well, you know, I was going to mention that, that part of that too is like I my deck in this deck builder was larger than some of the CCGs I play and build on purpose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you can. I mean, you shouldn't get it to a hundred cards, but um, <laughs> but I, I was going to mention that too. I mean, if you want to go out and. and Check out the BGG page. Check out some other reviews. There are some reviewers that like it as mm-hmm. well. Um, I don't know what they got or what they got out of it because I haven't looked through other people's reviews. I just saw some of you know the the quotes he put on the page and stuff like that. So there are people that seem to enjoy this game, and that's going to be the case with any game. So I always say, especially if it's something that we don't like, check out other reviews. We're just stuff. two voices in the tubes. Yeah. Go to BGG. Uh, Maybe you'll see something that you like. But or or maybe we bitch about something and you go that doesn't bother me cuz you know there are things that you know bother Jordan that don't bother me in a game we've come across quite a few of those uh over the years <laughs> so check it out for yourself but unfortunately for all us geeks this is definitely a game that we cannot recommend as it sits now but it is something that I might you know I I might watch for and see what happens with the expansion and and what it brings to the game cuz there are things here I want to play. If something in a future expansion or a basic rule change does something to mitigate terror bloat, then it becomes a very good game. That covers a lot of bases. Mm-hmm. It's simple. It's It could be gateway, if not for the frustration level. <laughs> it's got generic but enjoyable fantasy, acceptable art, it's, but it just needs a big fix. A big fix for, or a small fix for a big thing. Right. All right, there you go. That is our review of Draconis Invasion, fantasy deck-building game where you're trying to defend the realm from an invasion and get a lot of bloat in your deck. (laughs) Shouldn't eat those beans before the battle. What we're watching. Hey, sponsored by Sod. Sod, you're sponsoring our What We're Watching. Hey, it's like we're talking directly to you. <laughs> yeah, which is actually fitting because Sod and I, uh, at least when he had more time to be, well, when both of us had more time to be in the Game Crafter chat, we always talked like Game of Thrones and Walking Dead and stuff. So thank you for supporting us over on Patreon, Sod. <laughs> so now we get to talk about what we're watching. You want to go? I have a fairly small list. I watched uh, the entirety of the second season of Rick and Morty. I I like that show. I think it's I have not funny enough it. to be watched. Like a, a lot of people like it, and I don't know why, but for some reason, I just haven't gotten there yet. You know, add Weird. it to the list and get to it. Is it is it on Netflix? Probably not. Yeah, is it? Or it might be Hulu. One of those two. Yeah. It's, see, if it's on Hulu. That's something that Megan and I watch together, and I don't watch like in my room or anything like that. But Netflix, I watch. They might have season one. The Expanse is wrapping up. There's one more ep of that, and we were a few eps behind, so we powered through three eps last night. And, I mean, 
it's good. I know you don't watch it, or maybe you're just not as into it as I am. But I really like it. And I'm, I'm not. Forward. I haven't watched this season. I I was very meh about the first season. <laughs> um, I was okay with it towards the end. I think it got a little better towards the end or whatever, but it still didn't completely grab me. But I don't know why I haven't. I mean, I I mean to watch it, but I just haven't. Yeah. Well, the last step of the season is up on Thursday, Friday, whatever their night is. I never watch it the night of. See here, and then we've been putzing around, just trying to catch up on things that we've lagged a little bit. Some, well, some of the DC shows. I think we haven't. I think we're. Fine. I I don't think we've watched anything since before March Madness. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we cut up on a Supergirl and an Arrow. I have been catching up on Ultimate Otaku Teacher, which is another little funny, silly anime. So, yeah, that's all I'm watching. All right. I finished Santa Clarita Diet and talked about that last time, which was okay. It was, it was pretty decent. It's got some decent people in it. Timothy Elephant. Timothy. Yep. Plays the kind of really uptight, high strung. My man crush. Realty. <laughs> Realtor. It, it had a, it had its moments. It was pretty, it was okay. It was worth a watch. Let's see, Brooklyn Nine Nine started back up, so we started watching that again. Love that show. That's funny. We'll have to go find that then. <laughs> and on the uh, probably uh, a weird thing for me to start watching, but I'm watching it, and I'm actually kind of continuing to watch it. Was my crazy ex girlfriend. <laughs> um. Which is weird how I kind of started watching it because I was looking for something and I heard a lot about it and whatnot, you know, or I heard good good things about it. I figured it's a comedy. I was looking for something short. Well, I wasn't expecting it to be a musical. I didn't get enough of that out of it. So they always have at least like one musical thing per episode or whatever. And it's also a, an hour show. I was thinking it's a oh, it's a com- I know oh, I didn't realize that. I thought it was twenty three minutes. Yeah, twenty two, twenty three minutes. Yeah, I'll get it. But it's like the forty minute thing, you know, without the commercials, all that stuff. But it's actually pretty decent. I'm starting to get into it. At first, I was like, I don't know if I like this because of all the things I didn't think it was or knew it was going in. But I'm actually kind of enjoying it right now. Because and the the music and all that stuff, like it's. It's like an it's kind of like an adult glee, but they actually make their own songs. Okay. So, you know, so the, and they, they they hit all genres of songs too. So, like the one where she does like straight up like gangster rap about how uh appealing she is to parents when going to meet the parents for the first time. Oh, that was pretty good and there was like a country song where this guy's trying to, you know, he's going through a divorce and trying to get custody of his daughter. But he's trying to explain like why he loves his daughter so much, but I don't love my daughter. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I can see how that could be taken wrong. <laughs> you know, and then there's like this one girl, she does this like guitar solo thing where she, you know, the, you know, the walking through the park, you know, just kind of strumming like, and, and singing about uh, feminine power and how we, how we all have to stick together while she's also telling every girl she runs into what's wrong with them <laughs> and like how she's better than them. <laughs> So I mean it's it's kind of, it's kind of clever. I mean especially if you think about it, it's been on for a while, and it's they make up their own songs, not only the genre, but you know just do the songs, and they're actually pretty solid songs for what they're trying to do, and it, it makes me kind of laugh now. Like I said, I got past I don't know four four or five episodes where I was just like I don't I don't do I like this. 
But it's actually not too bad. I'm kind of enjoying it. And then we went and saw Fate of the Furious. So mm-hmm. We saw that. Uh, we liked it. And no, did Vin not. go evil for real? Or was it all part of a plot? Spoilers. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> I don't plan on watching it. <laughs> What's wrong with you? It's the biggest movie ever. <laughs> did you see that? Yeah. The- that's that shocked me. that that kind of did that shocked me that it had such I was a expecting big rogue one to last until at least yeah. uh last jedi <laughs> yeah it was it was interesting but no we i mean we enjoyed it it was but again it's it's if you don't like the series you don't like the series if you like the series you're gonna like this one you know it's more popcorn action mm-hmm. you know it's more ridiculous things it's like you know like driving a sports car in, on ice and on ice in Russia <laughs> yeah. you know, or wherever they were you know, that kind of thing and you know actually driving it <laughs> versus and 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 being well ahead of vehicles that are actually meant to be mm-hmm. in ice and snow yeah you, there's some suspension of disbelief <laughs> and yes disbelief <laughs> <laughs> so that's what i have Let's see. Uh, I thought I saw some stuff go through. Yep, Gantz Zero from uh, Chris and Mike there. Anime Don got me back into watching anime uh, when he was talking about that thing, Yawamushi Pedal. Yeah. Or whatever the original series was called, and the new series is about 15 eps in, and I'm enjoying it. So Mike's doing that. Thanks to Anime Don. Hey, uh, that that was me. I, I mentioned that two weeks ago, Mike, but <laughs> thanks for just shitting on me. That's okay. <laughs> Speaking of, I've talked to Don, and he is eventually going to be coming back on. So uh, I can understand him wanting to hedge his bets. See, <laughs> see if we're for real this, again. <laughs> yeah, he said he was uh, ready to come back on. So I'm watching the internet for Legend of the Five Rings announcement tomorrow. Does that count? Yes, it's a very important announcement. Anime Don rocks. He got me into watching more. All right, fine. Well, just give him his own damn podcast and we'll leave. Good Lord. This is the Anime Don show from now on. I hope he enjoys editing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. What we're reading slash listening to. Sponsored by Torin. Thank you, Torin, for sponsoring us over on Patreon. And uh, now, let's see. I've, I, I'll just go ahead and go. Go. I don't have much. Uh, again, the head first Ruby book. I'm still kind of going through that. So learning, learning Ruby a bit more because I'm doing Squib and using it for prototyping for games. So... And then the only other thing I had is I did start listening to um, the Beyond the Board uh, podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is the guys I met at Protusville, Milwaukee. And it's kind of an interesting podcast. It's so generally it seems like like they take a, like the theme of a game and then they talk about the theme like more or less in like the real world kind of thing. So it's it's – you know, again, beyond the board, it's it's taking those themes and and talking about various things outside of of that. So the one that I listened to here recently was that is it Anamia, the card game. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you have to try to say things that, you know, you're trying to do the word associate, but you're doing it fast like a party mm-hmm. game. And they were talking about the real, that the real, it's a real, you know, mental, mental disability or whatever that some people have. And so they were talking about that and stuff like that. So things like that. So it's, <laughs> what? Uh, just, just out of nowhere, that reminded me of, do you remember Alexi Sale? The young ones, British comedian. No, Alexi Sale. He he had a song called "Word Association." Okay, that's all. So yeah, it's but it, so it's it's interesting because it's it's not necessarily the kind of podcast you might listen to because of board games, right? Because there's all these different subjects, but it's kind of interesting because they relate it to board mm-hmm. games. Because they always talk about like a game. Like there's one coming up that, that I haven't listened to yet. There's like two or three, I think, in my queue right now. But one of them is about the captain is dead, which is JT's game. But I don't remember what the actual topic is for it. So I'm going to listen to that one here soon. Historically, the Titanic was designed to be the indestructible ship. <laughs> anyway, that's what I have. Yeah. I don't have that much bigger a list. The new uh, touching... Dipping my toe into Star Wars fiction again after that horrible Chuck Wendig book, I, I said, <laughs> but they released Thrawn, and he's one of my favorite characters from the original lore, the original expanded universe. Uh, so I'm checking this out. And much as they did with, oh, that horrible, horrible book about Tarkin, going back to his early days, he's not a youth like he was in Tarkin. But it starts off with his exile from the Chiss and moves on from there and how he comes to the attention of the Empire. And and I'm liking it so far. I think I'm about halfway through. It's uh it's enjoyable. It's probably not gonna make me want to read more of the fiction, but at least because it's Thrawn, I'm enjoying it. And then I'm reading a comic right now called Paper Girls. This is another Brian K. Vaughn story, and he can make anything interesting. It's set <laughs> 80s-ish, I think, uh, and it's about uh, the neighborhood newspaper delivery service, uh, but it's been taken over. Well, not taken over. All the mains that are doing the newspaper deliveries are girls, hence paper girls, not paper boys. And uh, these strange events around this around Halloween I'm really not that far into it I think I'm only two issues in he hasn't quite gotten to what the real mystery or the real shenanigan is but it's PKV and I'll give anything a shot Eh, the air's pretty good it's black and white paper girls yeah give that a shot I'll say that after two issues (laughs) (laughs) So what we're playing, sponsored by Don Lloyd. Thank you, Don, for sponsoring us over on Patreon and allowing us to talk about what we're playing. I miss Don. I haven't talked to Don in a while. <laughs> Either not, Don. Really. Not to be, I was going to say, not to be confused with Anime Don. Not to be confused with Anime Don, but Don Lloyd. Don Lloyd and I used to talk a, quite a bit. I haven't talked to him in a while. i got to check on him, see what's going on. All right. You want to go or you sure. want to go? Well, a lot of Draconis Invasion. <laughs> but other than that, Star Wars Destiny, still getting that to the table whenever I can get a game in with Mike. Rune Wars, 
really liking that. Got a game lined up tomorrow, actually, with Michael. Not to be confused with Mike. Uh, we have been doing a lot of Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. We're the worst students ever. We've been held back in year <laughs> six for five. We're actually in our 30s now. Our characters, they have all the kids that you saw at the end of the seventh movie, but we're still in year six. <laughs> and uh, Blood Bowl. Been getting in some Blood Bowl, too. All right. Let's see, uh, just real quick, Mike mentioned a webcomic suggestion. Just finished going through Scrap and TopHeavy.com. Very good series. All right. I haven't done a webcomic in a long time. Not since, like, I think Shadow Girls. I used to read that all the time. All right. Let's see, for me, Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, like you mentioned. And, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll be playing more of that here soon. <laughs> very soon. Megan was very frustrated after you guys left. Like, I just wanted to win one year. Uh, which we broke that streak. We were at least winning a year. <laughs> <laughs> I got in a little Mass Effect Andromeda. Not a whole lot. I spent like half of last week going, I really need to play a video game or something because it's kind of a crappy week. Did not get to. <laughs> But I got a little bit of it in over the weekend. Also, they had again. I, I always go through like the free game and the sales and stuff like that. So, free game we already owned, but uh, they had Lego Worlds on sale, so I just grabbed it. Eh, you know, it's Legos Minecraft, but you know you can actually like lay down. You go through and you capture like images of things. So like, Hey, the bird flying now I can make a bird, you know, and, and then you can, you can copy like a house or something, a pre-built house that you find on a world and save it into your builder so that you can just plop down that, that specific house anywhere you want to and make changes to it or whatever. So in that aspect, it's kind of cool. But I think the it's for the Xbox one, cause that's where I'm playing it. I find it a little clunky. Uh, the, the controls are a little clunky. Um, but now for what it is, uh, just to kind of chill and I'm, you know, I'm playing kind of like the campaign thing or whatever. So you go to these Lego and chill. Yeah. Lego and chill. <laughs> just go around all these little worlds and collect different things that you can make later. And they get, it's actually got quests for it that, you know, the little Lego people ask you to build things for them or whatever kind of stuff. So it's, it's all right for what we paid for it. Can he build us? Can you build us a winning strategy for Harry Potter? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's see, Lego World, da, da, da. Um, Shop Heroes. I haven't mentioned that in a while, but I am still very actively playing Shop Heroes. I was pretty happy. I got to, uh, as you know, I changed cities, uh, and I'm in a a very good city. Like I dropped way down in like. How I fit into the city, I'm, I'm, I think I'm at a D. They have a grading system. I went from like an A to a D <laughs> in this new uh, city, which I'm fine with because it is, it's a good city and there are a bunch of high-level players and stuff in there. But I got a couple weeks ago, I got top four in Raid. Hey. And I make top ten almost every week now. So I'm pretty happy. It's a, it's, it's, Soon it's you'll of, be a C. It's of 25. So there's 25 people in the city. And this particular city, pretty much 25 people participate. <laughs> Where, like, my old city was, like, 25, and you got, like, 13, mm. you know, kind of thing. 
So I was pretty happy. I, I, now, some people I don't think tried as hard as they usually do, but I don't care. I Take did. It. Take it. <laughs> I got to, I got into top four. I might, probably won't see that again. But uh, my city also does this raffles and stuff. So uh, for every X number, every block, you get a, a spot in the raffle, and they give away like legendary and mythical things to to like th- the top three or the three people out of the raffle kind of thing. So that's, that's, it's kind of, it's been fun. I'm enjoying it. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm down a bit, but it just gives me room to grow with a bunch of people to kind of grow around me. So that's kind of cool. Gotten a lot of good advice out of there too, just by like watching the city thread stuff. And then uh, I mentioned earlier about, you know, the Ruby and the squib and stuff. So I put a lot of time into, and one of the reasons why I didn't get a whole lot of mass effect either was, uh, the Planet Perspective is the game that Doug and I are working on for the Dungeon Crawl contest. So I put a lot of time into getting the prototype and stuff ready and fleshing out some more stuff for that. So uh, I spent quite a bit of time on that, but I haven't gotten my playtest in yet. I don't know if Doug did, did either. I haven't talked to him in the last few days. But that's where I've been spending a lot of my gaming time. <laughs> All right. So there you go. That is another episode in the book. So with that, I'm Jeff King. I'm a Canadian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Zero Budget Geek, a YouTube channel covering board games, video games, and other geek stuff. You'll find Let's Play and How to Play videos of different board games and video games, as well as reviews. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.